Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box. Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. Obviously an incredibly disappointing week amongst all Arsenal fans. Not a lot to be excited about as such an exciting season comes to a close. Many will say we bottled it. Many will say we choked it. Many will blame Arteta. Many will blame Edu. There are a whole host of reasons for the disappointment that this season is going to end in. And you know what? At the beginning of the season, if I told you we'd come fifth, you'd probably have taken that. It is progress. It's slow progress, but it is progress. This was a young team that was riddled by injury. I don't care how you look at it. If you're just talking tyranny and parte, that's not half the battle. Obviously, no striker. Sent Abo away. Didn't bring one in in January. Obviously, our center backs were not fit for that Newcastle match. Both White and Gabrielle were far behind the pace of the game. Saka has been battling injuries for weeks. Smith Rowe also in the same boat. These are not excuses. These are facts. And the truth of the matter is we, we did choke it away. We did bottle it. It was a top four race that we had in our own hands. But, you know, with an inexperienced manager and an inexperienced side, it's not a huge surprise. Uh, it took me a few days to come to terms with it. But you know what? We are still an incredibly exciting project. And there's a lot to be excited about amongst our youth. And our youth are what we rode this entire season and will continue to propel us. And you know what? Being in Europa League has its positives, especially for the, the kids in Hale End. There's a much bigger chance for them to get their first-team debuts if we're not in Champions League. And who knows? It could, in the long term, it could be a success. Look at Saka. I promise you, if we were in Champions League, Saka would not have had such an easy breakthrough into the first team the way he did. Obviously an unbelievable player. But it makes a huge difference when you can come into you know, a midweek game where you're not playing against the best players in the world and you know, get accustomed to senior football. It's almost like a loan spell in itself. And so let's take that as a positive and move forward. Next season will still be an exciting one. Yes, we may not be able to attract the names like OC Men and whatnot, but it's not an exciting striker market. And I think $100 million would be overpaying for a player like him anyways. So... There's a lot more to it than just missing out, but obviously I'm still gutted and devastated. I mean, Monday night was just brutal, truly brutal. But we go again. Sunday we'll play. Who knows? Obviously anything's possible. I think it's highly unlikely that Norwich will beat Spurs, but you never know. Meanwhile, a few players played still on loan this season. A few players still amongst their lone clubs, the first being Reese Nelson, who was rested for the final two games of the Eredivisie season. Um, obviously rested for the final against Roma on May 25th in the Conference League. That's the big match Feyenoord are looking towards. Uh, but Reese Nelson finishes with an excellent season in the Eredivisie, especially considering he really didn't get a go of it until January. Uh, he finished in the league with 87% passing, averaging one key pass per game, 76% on successful dribbles, uh, one and a half successful dribbles per game and winning 60% of his duels. Uh, this put him in the league pretty highly ranked uh, in, in a bunch of categories. He was sixth for 90 minutes in successful dribbles. He was sixth in big chances created per 90 minutes. Seventh in assists per 90 minutes. Ninth in accurate passes percentage uh, 
in a game. Highest percentage of ground duels won amongst forwards in the Eredivisie, and third highest amongst midfields and forwards combined. So there's quite a bit of positive here for Reese Nelson in the league. He was really, really successful on the ground, and a lot of that has to do with what I've been saying. He has become such a physical player, and it has given him such confidence to go into 50-50s, go into duels, go into dribble attempts with a different mindset, attacking the player in front of him instead of kind of looking for empty space because now he can take a player on and take them out of play, and that's how you kind of progress as a player and help your team progress towards the goal. Uh, in comparison to his previous loans, at Hoffenheim, he was only 59% successful dribbles, so that's a massive uptick, nearly a 20% uptick, and, and he wasn't even attempting as many. He was only succeeding on less than one per game with half of a key pass per game and 45% of his duels won at that period. So Hoffenheim was his last really successful spell, whether alone or at Arsenal. Obviously, he had that little productive spell at Arsenal in 1920, but even then, he was only 53% on successful dribbles, only one successful dribble per game, winning 44% of duels and a half a key pass per game. So pretty similar numbers to his lone spell at Hoffenheim. And he's made great improvement in all of those categories this season at Feyenoord. It's really a huge difference. The successful dribbles is massive, especially if he wants a chance to play under to Arteta. And I'm going to go into that right now, speaking about how he's going to replace that Pepe role, especially since we're in Europa League. If we were in Champions League, I don't think Reese Nelson plays for Arsenal next year. But in Europa League, I think he comes back. Arteta tells him he's a part of the plan. I think we bring in someone similar to, similar to Cody Gakpo. So Reese Nelson and Cody Gakpo kind of being those winger options. I don't think Jesus comes without Champions League. I could be wrong. But if you look at Pepe, he wins duels at a 35% rate. That is incredibly low. He is not a good presser. He is not a good defender. He does not keep track back well. That is something Reese Nelson has on him 100%. Pepe also only averaging around a little under a successful double per game at a 41% clip. So that's about half of percentage, half of how well Reese Nelson is converting successful dribbles. And he's only averaging a half a key pass per game. So Reese Nelson is outdoing Pepe nearly double the rate in nearly every major category. Yes, obviously in a lower league, but if you even look at Pepe's best season in League One, he was averaging two and a half successful dribbles per game. Obviously a different story, an incredibly open league with a lot of space to operate in. Obviously the main reason Pepe hasn't succeeded in the Premier League. But he was only succeeding at a 55% rate and only winning 50% of his duels. Reese Nelson is doing better numbers than that right now. Obviously in a lower league, but everybody says not a terrible league. He's been doing it at a high rate in the Conference League as well, going against top competition like Marseille. Reese Nelson is exactly the kind of player Arteta wants on his wings. He tracks back, he works hard, he's creative and aggressive, and he can take a man on when he sees fit. He doesn't lose possession cheaply anymore. That was Reese Nelson's biggest issue at Arsenal under Arteta. He was losing possession cheaply, and that is not going to work in Arteta's system. But he's become more rigid to his position. He's become more of an inside forward, exactly the kind of player that Arsenal's system commands. I think these are big, big steps for Reese Nelson's career. The fact that Arsenal haven't made Champions League is going to give him a real chance when he comes back. Obviously, he's focused on the huge match against Roma in the Conference League final on May 25th. But there's obviously a lot of reports about him talking with Arteta, figuring out his situation for next year. Feyenoord want him. Other Premier League clubs want him. Great season for Reese Nelson. I'm excited to watch that final next week. But big positive for him if he wants to continue at Arsenal, considering we didn't make Champions League. I know that's crazy to say, but that is a fact. 
His opponent in that Conference League final, Roma, obviously employ Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who got another look in Serie A, played 45 minutes at right wing back in a 1-1 draw with Venezia. He was taken off at halftime because Venezia were one up and on a red card. So Roma were going after the game. Uh, it wasn't really the kind of system where you're going to need five defenders anymore. Mourinho really was getting after it. They're in a tight race to secure Europa League football next year. But he had an okay half. 16 of 18 passing, one successful dribble, two out of five duels won. Still, he has not looked confident. He hasn't gotten a run of games in, which is the main reason for this. But he just hasn't looked the player he looked for that six-month spell where he got into the England team and, you know, was really playing his best football. I think he needs a total refresh this summer. He needs to go to a new club. He needs to figure out what he wants. And that's really the only chance he has at becoming a successful player moving forward for his own career. Uh, obviously, his Arsenal career is over. We'd like to recoup some sort of market value for him. I don't think that's a double-digit number, unfortunately. It's probably a 6 to $8 million number, maybe with a sell-on fee if it goes to a lower club. But his season, my guess is he doesn't play much for Roma over the next two matches. They play Torino on Friday, and they're in a tight race, as I mentioned, for Europa League spot. One point ahead of Fiorentina and Atalanta. I don't think Ainsley Maitland-Niles gets into the squad to start. Maybe he comes on if they're trying to protect a lead, throwing on an extra defender. Then they got the final against Feyenoord on the 25th, as I mentioned, playing against Reese Nelson. Again, don't think he'll start. Could come in, play a role, depending on the scoreline. The last player who's still out on loan, still playing matches, Harry Clark, played this week 67 minutes at right wing back in a 4-0 win over St. Johnstone. And I will say the last two matches, Harry Clark has been much more under control. I have to imagine the manager has said something to him at Hibernian because he has completely changed the way he's playing. He is not just kind of gallivanting all over the pitch. He's sticking to his position. He's doing the things he needs to do. He was 18 of 21 passing here. One of two dribbles won. Two of three duels won. Two clearances, an interception, and a tackle. So those are the kind of numbers you see on average from a wingback. That's kind of like right in the wheelhouse. Not the attempting 46 passes and converting 25, losing possession 22 times, and three key passes. There are certain great aspects to that. I, I don't doubt it, and I think there was a time and a place for Harry Clark to exploit all of that energy. But he clearly did his role much better today in this match against St. Johnstone. They were up 4-0. He didn't get you know out of position. He didn't leave Hibbs in a position where they are going to be exposed at the back. And even though they didn't control the majority of the game, Harry Clark did his job. You'd have to assume, as I said, the manager did say something to him. I think he spends the next year out there on loan at Hibernian, continuing to succeed in that role. A lot of people are calling for him to come back to Arsenal. Obviously, they're not really watching him. He's not a player who's going to fit Arteta's system. I think after his loan at Hibernian, he'll be sold, moved on. And, and I'll explain why. If you look at the reports about Ryan Alibiosu this week, there are championship sides who believe they can get him on a permanent deal from Arsenal this summer. Blackburn, Preston, North End, and Bristol all have been rumored to want to sign Ryan Alibiosu on a permanent deal this summer. And if I'm Arsenal, you may need to let him go. If there are that many clubs interested, you can find yourself in a bidding war. And we have so many prospects at right back at Hale End right now that at a certain point, you have to look at this as a business opportunity to recoup some value and understand that not all players can succeed at Arsenal who are, are great at the Hale End level. Uh, obviously, Brooke Norton Cuffey 
is the main right back coming out of Hale End right now. But you also have Rule Walters, who, after Alabiosu and Norton Cuffey went out on loan, came into the U23 side and performed excellently. He is a top prospect as well at right back. Hale End, not known for creating top-end defenders, has really switched that dynamic and really changed the way they're scouting and developing players, especially in the defensive positions. So I'm not going to go ahead and say Ryan Alibiosu likely to be sold this summer. I think it's more likely he goes with a loan, with an option to buy, maybe if he helps the team get promoted, whatever it might be. I don't know that Arsenal are willing to fully move him on, but I would not be shocked. There are more right-back prospects at Arsenal right now than I can remember there being defender prospects in the past decade. So those are big reports to hear, especially this early in the summer. A lot of transfer business seems to be being done very early in the summer, especially for Arsenal. They're obviously looking to bring in Hickey. That looks like that deal is done. There's rumors of another defender coming in. With Europa League being more likely than Champions League, I think Brooke Norton Cuffey comes into the senior side next year and gets his chance. I think he plays 10, 12, 15 matches next year, especially Tomiyasu cannot stay fit. He has not been able to stay fit. Kieran Tierney, as much as I love him as well, doesn't seem to be able to stay fit. So you're in a position where you need this amount of defenders on your team, and I don't think Arteta is going to let squad depth be the reason our Arsenal aren't good next year. He has seen that mistake kill him this year. I don't see that happening again, and I think Brooke Norton Cuffey is ready to make that step. In other exciting news at Hale End, Kayon Edwards has signed his first professional contract with Arsenal. There were loads of rumors of clubs around Europe being interested in him. Major clubs, Bayern Munich was rumored. Lots of major clubs interested in signing him. We were able to sign him to his first professional contract, and that is just massive. He had an unbelievable season in the U18s. 16 goals and 5 assists in 16 matches. And then one goal and one assist in six other appearances, including a goal for the U23s. So, this is huge. Kayon Edwards is a top striking prospect. I would move him up to top three at Hale End at the moment. I would go Balagoon, Beerith, and Kayon Edwards, but Edwards is just under Beerith in my opinion. If he proves that he can take that next step to U23s next season, he is going to be a massive, massive prospect. He's an unbelievable physical talent. He's an unbelievable number nine who is a true goal scorer who can contribute to link up play. He is technically skilled. He's not the paciest, but he has some pace to him. He he can get in behind. He is incredible player, and he's had a knack for clutch goals. So you love to see that from a young center forward. He has a great mentality about the game and clearly wants to do that at Arsenal because he could have gone to a lot of major clubs, and he's decided to stick around knowing there are a lot of striking prospects ahead of him at the club. You have to appreciate that in a young player. And obviously next season with... Moeller being loaned out, Balagoon maybe playing first team or being loaned out, Beerith likely to be loaned out, John Jules likely to be loaned out. That puts Kayon Edwards as the number one striker at the U23 level. So huge season for him next year. Lastly, a couple of players getting senior call-ups. Marcelo Flores, again named in the Mexico senior squad, as he announced that he has chosen to represent Mexico officially. Obviously, Canada was in the mix. England was an option, never really in the mix, it didn't seem like. But Marcelo Flores has decided to play for Mexico. That is who he's going to represent. He you know, posted a whole long thing on Twitter about 
how much he loves Canada for everything it's given to him, England, everything it's given to him, but how he's always felt that he wants to represent Mexico and his dad has instilled that you know national pride in him of Mexico. So that's exciting for Marcelo. He's going to get a lot of opportunity to play there without a lot of competition ahead of him. Over the next month, they'll play friendlies against Nigeria, Uruguay, and Ecuador. And then in the CONCACAF Nations League, they play Suriname and Jamaica. So that's five matches. Marcelo Flores likely to make a big impact in those. Definitely ones to watch. Very excited to see him play in some real competitive games for Mexico for the first time in the CONCACAF Nations League. That'll be a big step for him. And you know what? He proves himself there, comes into preseason and plays well in preseason. He's going to get a lot of opportunity again in Europa League next year. This is what I'm saying about not making Champions League. There were some positives to that, especially at the young level. And Marcelo Flores has got to be top of the list for that. And then Amari Hutchinson called up to play for Jamaica's senior team. It's not a full international match, so he doesn't have to commit for playing for Jamaica just yet. It would be Jamaica or England for Amari. I think, obviously, he'd like to be an England international next season. I don't know if he goes out on loan or he stays and tries to compete for a spot here. Might make more sense for him to get a full season on loan. Probably at a championship side. He's just not physical yet enough probably to make that impact on the Arsenal team. But he's so technically skilled. It's hard to see him not succeeding at the championship level immediately. Which might be what Arsenal want. Give him some confidence. Give him some physical learning and have him come in the year after. But obviously, big news for him being called up to Jamaican national team. They'll try and convince him to play for them as the World Cup's coming up and they are qualified. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it's likely he does not choose, make that decision quite yet. He's so young. But big news, Arsenal in the Hale-End level now have five players who will be representing fully national teams. That's Carl Hine, Daniel Ballard, Marcelo Flores, Omari Hutchinson, and Omar Rekik. You're not going to find a lot of academies with five full senior internationals in their side, and Arsenal do have that. So it's an exciting time. Obviously, things are bleak at the senior level, but Hale-End continuing to produce excellent players who are being recognized internationally, and next year is going to be a blast for a lot of these guys. There's going to be a lot of opportunity, both at the young level for players like Kayon Edwards, and the first team level for players like Marcelo Flores, and then out on loan for, who knows, could be everybody. There's going to be a lot of players to go out on loan next year. I'm excited to cover all of that. But we still have a few more matches for these guys to keep track of, Reese Nelson being the focal point. We look forward to that Conference League match. It'll be very exciting to report about that on next week's episode. And thank you all for listening.